Hi everyone, it's Ken McLaughlin. Welcome to Realty Life Podcast, my podcast that I get to talk to amazing people from my life that have inspired me, that are inspiring others that are out there and doing it. So really the podcast is about uh, how you got to where you are today. I don't want to focus so much as where you are because I think that's obvious to a lot of people, but I want to get behind the scenes of what's going on with people what they've gone through, because we've all gone through stuff. We've all had a journey that we've all been working with and through and things like that. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we have a great guest today, really exciting for me, Paula Carney. Welcome, Paula. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, I'm honored you're here, and thank you for taking the time. I know how busy it is for you to free up some time to do this. So a little background, Paula is the broker of record at Remax Hallmark Che Realty, but we're not going to talk about that today. Maybe if you want to, we can do that, but... I really want to talk about your journey. Are you, are you from Barrie? Is that where you're living now or been? Uh, I'm from a little town called Alliston, which is south of Barrie. I was born and raised there, born at the local hospital. Local. And how long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate for 16 years now. And what did you do before? What? My real job, I call it my real, <laughs> when we had real <laughs> jobs, my real job, uh, I was a project manager for uh, retail store interiors. So I basically, from design takeoff, uh, put into manufacturing, had an expediter on the floor in the plant, uh, coordinated um, all of the fixtures that go within the store, um, coordinated it with the installers, and then handed off to merchandisers at the end. So I worked on accounts like Sony, Disney. So that, that is, that's something that you actually don't wake up and say when you're a kid that I'm going to be that profession. How did you get into that? <laughs> it was an evolution for sure. <laughs> it was an evolution, yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I basically, I mean, I'm going to go back to the beginning then, Ken, I guess, if that, if you give me permission yeah, to do please so. Do. So um, uh, when I left uh, high school, I went into uh, Ryerson for university and um, I was in business uh, administration there. And I, I honestly did not complete um, at the age uh, 20, I had a car accident on the 400, which sort of altered my direction. So the age of 20, you had a car accident yeah. and on the highway 400, south Correct. of Barrie, right? Uh, just south of Barrie, yeah. So I was just heading up to Barrie a Friday morning. It was November 24th, 8.30 in the morning. And the sun was shining uh, as I came past Innisfil Beach Road. And then when I came over the hill going uh, into Barrie, um, I hit a whiteout. And I was in the fast lane, the third lane. Mm-hmm. And just over the hill into the whiteout, I saw hazard lights. And I connected. I crashed into a gravel truck that was stopped, had been in an accident prior um, and, uh, then it became a 33 car pileup, uh, on the 400, everyone just kind of plowed into everybody. Um, so it was, it was very serious, very severe. Um, and it, again, that, that just started the change of direction for me. Um, so let me ask you something, Paula, I want to hear the whole story more, but I want to ask you what your life was like, like prior to that and how I want to hear how that incident changed the total direction of your life. So. Um, my family, uh, my, my dad was born in Belgium. He, he's an immigrant, um, became, uh, came to Canada when he was, I believe, 9, 1956, I believe. He'll kill me for letting him, mm-hmm. his age, so we may have to cut that out, Ken. But um, <laughs> he came with four boys, or four, four boys and my grandparents uh, after the war. Yep. And they came and settled in, in Ontario. And again, they were just uh, workers on farms. Yeah. Um, my mom's dad as well is from Belgium and came and he, he's worked, he worked on a local farm in Allison his entire life. Um, so, you know, as far as early life for me, um, 
my family, I, all I can say is that they have a huge work ethic. They're very hard workers. Yeah. That was instilled into me very young. And that, like, you know, I still, that's who I am today, obviously. And um, so, you know, my parents, uh, my, I, I lived with my mom. My parents ended up separating when I was seven. And uh, I lived with my mom. And, and you know, we kind of, we, we moved around a lot. Uh, so yeah. I, I was, I went to four different grade schools. We moved around. We were always on a horse farm. Horses were our, you know, our life. We, we show horses and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then, uh, so when I actually got to grade nine, uh, was the first time in my family's life here that they owned a home. My mom bought a home. And so I went to the local high school here for five years. So it just sort of was a, you know, a transient lifestyle, I guess. Right. Just a typical, yeah. I mean, not typical, but very common type yeah. of upbringing. Yeah. And then you had this accident. So how did that alter your life at that point? Other than the physical, tell us a bit about the experience of it and what happened. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it's, uh, I guess I can go back to, you know, some of the, the things I heard in, after the fact, you know, my, my uncle was a sergeant, an OPP sergeant, and he had spoken to my family after and had explained to them how, you know, they assess the situation when they arrive on scene and they basically help those that they know they can help. And they, you know, they had said to my family that they had left, they left me to the end basically because they didn't think that I would make it. And, um, and then I remember, you know, I would wake up from time to time because cold air would shock you. And when they, they were cutting me out of the car, the noise, I would wake up and I was kind of in and out, uh, getting into the ambulance and the cold air. And, I ended up into Barry Hospital uh, in Emerge, and then they sent me by road ambulance uh, because the air ambulances were all gone because of the accident. Everyone else had been transported. So mm-hmm. I went by ground to Sunnybrook and uh, went to the trauma center there, which um, in Toronto. God, God bless them. Yeah, those people that work in, 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 you know, they're amazing and thank God we have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So I was, that was a Friday, by Friday night, I was uh, at, at trauma at Sunnybrook and Sunday, uh, uh, there was a surgery done. I was in the surgery, I think it was 11 and a half hours. Um, so I had Dr. John Phillips, uh, was my plastic surgeon because what I ended up having to have done, um, was full facial reconstructive surgery. And so I, my, my whole entire right orbital, orbital, his metal, I almost lost my right eye and my teeth. Mm-hmm are all put back together with mesh and, uh, you know, rivets. Um, so I've had, I've had full face reconstructive surgery. And I also, because I braced myself in the accident with my left leg, I shattered the ball of my hip. So they took bone from my skull and re and bone grafted the ball and attached it back. So that was uh, an orthopedic surgeon. And they both worked on me in the same surgery. And what's really amazing is that Dr. Phillips, uh, he actually works at sick kids now, uh, and helps children. He's amazing. And, he, he pioneered at the time doing reconstructive surgery in one surgery instead of having you heal and then doing you know, successive surgeries, which I'm grateful for because the first day that I could actually get out of bed because I was in traction um, and, uh, you know, to go to the washroom and you open, you turn the light on and you see yourself in the mirror and I had no neck. I was purple. I didn't even recognize yeah. what I saw. I actually, I actually hit the floor. I, I, I didn't know. Right. But, but I mean, I, People, you can't see what he, like his work is amazing. That's all I can say. But yeah, I remember waking up in, uh, in the ICU the day after the accident and, and you have all these images kind of floating through your brain. When I saw the tracks of the curtains, I knew that that really happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that sort of was the moment where, you know, the realizations of like, you know, I got up that morning and I had no idea, but I, I don't even, I, I really shouldn't be here quite frankly. 
right? So it, it sort of changes. It, it did for me anyway. It changed my uh, outlook. I'll say that. When did you first become evident of what was going on? That when that when you woke up the next day and the curtain and yeah, well, again, I was in and out of of, uh, of awareness um, throughout the the day Friday because they were stitching things and uh, you know they were you know putting me through scans and all of these things and I would wake up here and there but for the most part yeah it was Saturday morning I I remember uh, the the tracks of the curtains will always be the first memory for me uh, yeah. of realization and and you know because I was you know. Uh, in in bed, I, I I couldn't I couldn't talk. I didn't know why I couldn't talk. Um, you know, I I couldn't feel my left leg. I thought, okay, that's gone. <laughs> but it was because I was in you know splinted in prep for surgery. How many surgeries did you have, Paula? I, they did it in one surgery. Ken, one. that's the miracle wow. of what Sunnybrook was doing. They did it in one surgery. It's incredible. Since I've had that hip replaced, but that that the hip repair that they did they figured I would get about five to ten years but I got 28 years on that and so it's, it's amazing <laughs> so I've had my hip replaced now but so what that that you know to go through that you have to have a, an inner core strength to really pull you through that because most of us would just say I can't do it you know it's really a difficult thing to to lay there in that car I'm, I'm sure to be left behind to think that or to be afraid of that how did you what was that strength that drew you to to get through this I, I all I can say I think for me is I felt like it honestly I felt like there was this this blanket every once in a while this warm blanket would wrap me up and I just I just knew that I needed to live my life I don't that was my mentality coming out of the hospital was okay and I just, I just have to move ahead. You know, I've got to carve something out for myself mm-hmm. here. And cause I need to live every day. Cause you don't know, you know, when, when your time is up. Right. So it just, that for me, I guess is, is the answer. I just knew that I just wanted to get on and live a life. How's that impacting now? Well, it, I have four beautiful children <laughs> that I was able to, you know, yeah. raise and I, they're my life. That's when people ask me, you know, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm a single mom before that's my number one job. Yeah, of course it is. That's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah. But what would you tell people that are, how would you help people that are going through, and we all go through stuff as we know in our industry and in our private lives and all that. But what would you tell someone that really is overwhelmed with, impossible things that are out there you just have to move forward you have to take one step at a time it's one step at a time i, I say to people like oh, my close friends family know what i say this all the time is that, you know we're, we're on the planet at the same time we're all going through this at the same time we need to help each other you know don't be afraid to reach out and, and have a discussion with someone um i, I read once you know we're we are all a work in progress right and, and we all know that and, and we are on the planet at the same time we need to help each other you know, and, and I, I read somewhere, you know, it's okay to show your work, right? Just like a math problem that you're solving. It's okay to show the steps and, and be vulnerable and, and, and help each other and reach out. So what's, what's that mean? What do you mean by that, Paula? What do you mean it's okay to show your work? For me, it's okay to, to, to say to someone, you know, that, you know, you know, I fell down or, or, you know, to, to, to lend a hand to someone you see that's struggling. It's okay to reach out because I want people to know that it's okay to be vulnerable and show, you know, where you are because we need, we need to help each other. That's one of the things I love about Hallmark, Ken, honestly, is that we, we build careers. We do. We help our agents. We, we make a difference in their lives. Yeah. Being vulnerable, right? 
It's okay to be vulnerable and be, I'm not perfect about what I'm doing. That's right. I think so many of us and what you're, you're keying on is so many of us are afraid of making mistakes, afraid of being out there, being found out or whatever that means like that. And I think the more that we are able to, what you're saying to me is more we're willing to be vulnerable, to be out there and to be, uh, acknowledge what's going on, the better off we are. Because you've gone through, what you went through, Paula, was an incredible transformation. Not just your physical, um, you know, the, the work that you described, but the actual the realization that you can actually even get through this, I can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah, really. And that's what you did. And how's that work for you the rest of your life since then? Well, again, I just, I live every day, like, you know, that you get up and, and you just, you be positive every day. And, and, you know, again, my kids are my everything and they're, they're, you know, I, I just, How old are I they? just get up. My oldest is yeah, 26, 24. My daughter's you had when you were three or four, exactly. right? That, I mean, that's exactly kind of a weird right. thing to say, but yeah, you, no. <laughs> you had a, <laughs> but you, uh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Your youngest is what? My so yeah, the, the span is twenty six, twenty four, twenty one, and sixteen. My God, what a great age group! So you deal with a lot of people throughout the day, real estate agents, the public, because you are the broker of record of Remax Homework Che, which we're really proud that you're doing that. Um, what do you see? What do you see people are going through? What are they going through in their life that you see a lot of that you wish you just gonna. I mean, we all want that thing that we, if we just had this button we could push to make things better for people, we'd do that, but we, it's not up to us to do that. But what, would, what do you see a lot that people are going through and the negatives of their life and things like that? There's always a variety, right, Ken? Like, there, you know, you see the unfortunate things of divorce and that sort of thing. And, and you know, but, I, you know, for us, as far as agents contacting me in the market, the market is a struggle right now. And, you know, it, sometimes I say this to my agents all the time, call me because I'm, I'm like mama bear to them. I, I say that, but I, I, I mean that. Mm-hmm. And I'm honored that they, that they call me for, for things and just to talk it out sometimes. It's okay to talk it out, right? Yeah, talk it out and, and work through it. And what do they struggle with though? They, they, I mean, the market is the market, what it is right now. But a lot of things, I used to have a thing when I was selling real estate that the time money race, how much time I had left before I ran out of money you know, which was really a big thing for me at the time. But uh, when you're dealing with agents now, are you able to coach them on how to get through a lot of things? And how do you do that? I, well, I love helping them. I, ha- I love helping agents. I love helping them with their business, build their business. Um, you know, and yeah, sometimes there are personal conversations that we have because we're all human. And, you know, I'm happy to to talk stuff out with them or talk yeah. things out, of course. Um, it's It's great. Um, you know, I, I think that, and don't misunderstand me saying this, but I think that car accident was probably the best thing that happened to your life at the time. Absolutely. And I don't mean that, that you wish that upon people or you wish that, but how am I being in a situation that really counts? You know, I often say to people that, you know, anybody can say that, um, if somebody was drowning, that I would jump in to save them. But what do you actually do when the person is actually drowning in front of you? What do you like when you're in a car accident after that? Are you doing are you making a difference for yourself and for others that are around you and stuff like that when you've done that you've actually answered the call and transformed your life to be a better person because of it and that's a big thing paula really to have that that's inspiring to a lot of people that you've gone through that and grown with it and and learned from it i think is amazing because i didn't know that about you at all i mean that didn't impact me when i first met you if it would have made any difference of course not but the 
how I got to love you and what you do is who you are today. And that part of the whole thing is that, I guess that accident, that makes any weird sense to the things as we talk about it. I say that's just part of, you know, why I'm here. I say to my children, you know, you're here because there's a reason for you to be here. Right. Um, so, you know, there, there's a reason, mm-hmm. um, you know, why that wasn't my time and what you, it's, that's why, you know, every day you've, you've just got to get up and do the best you can every day. And some days aren't going to be your best, but that's okay. Again, going back to the work in progress, that's okay. Yeah. And it's also having, when you're, you have that fork in the road that, you know, you're so much is in front of you, which you've, you, you've demonstrated and you have so much in front of you that over the, the trauma of going through what you've gone through and stuff like that, you can easily take that poor me victim road yeah. and you'll be entitled to that. I mean, we have, there's a lot of people that they're overwhelmed with grief and different things in their life. And, but you didn't do that, Paula, you, you took that other road and you dug down and made it transform yourself as well throughout the whole thing. And that's really a big thing and a big lesson to all people. So what I hear today is really who you are today is really a, a combination of all these different things. Your family, they're, they're building up things in your relationships you have, plus that incident that happened with you and how you were in a crisis, all that, and how you, it developed who you are today. So that's, that's incredible. I love that story about how you are. It's really inspiring for me, and I'm sure it will be for a lot of people as well going forward. So what is so unique about you today? Um, well, I, I love this industry. This is, this is, I just, I love, I love this industry. When I, the reason I, I actually got into real estate, Ken, was in that job, my real job, you know, um, my, my children were an hour and a half away from me. And uh, one day in the playground, my oldest son's best friend fell and broke his ankle. And uh, they didn't, they waited for mom to come to get him to take him to the hospital. And I remember her, um, she was one of my best friends as well calling me in tears saying, you know, this was an awful day. And, and I said, well, you know, for me, I just went, okay, I, I have to be closer to home. I have to, I have to find a job, but I need something that rewards me for my work ethic. So it became real estate was the thing I could do because, you know, in this business, the, you know, you work hard, the rewards are fantastic. What you put in, you get back. Yep. Yeah. I got my license and then I, I actually, that afforded me the time to become the lunch mom at school too. So I got to know the people that my kids were, with during the day, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that, that's part of, you know, why I, well, it's why I got into the business and I, and I do love the business. Um, I can't imagine not, not doing this and, uh, you know, sharing knowledge, not that I don't know, I certainly don't know everything, uh, you know, and there are days where someone will call me with a question and I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to look into that because I've not had that one and we're going to learn this together. So I'll get the answer call back and, and, you know, we've both learned something today. So, you know, there's always, as all of us in this, in this industry know that every day and every deal, we're always learning. So what's the next five years look like for Paula Carney? Well, I'm going to do the best job I can as broker of record uh, in Simcoe County, for sure. Um, I want to travel a little bit more. Um, I mentioned uh, I, my daughter and I are actually going away uh, to Costa Rica soon, which is going to be a great adventure. Um, but I'd like to do that and you know, just have a little bit more time uh, that way. And, and is there something that um, you would not do that really scares you, but you know you should do? And I'll give an example. Um, public speaking or something like that. That is there something that really you know you should be doing that you're not doing because you're afraid to do it? Um, 
my, my big fear, public speaking is not a fear for me. In fact, you just keep the mic away from me, Ken, honestly. <laughs> I tend to take over. Yeah. Um, no, but my, honestly, I guess it goes back to the travel thing. I'm a terrible flyer. Oh, right. I am. Okay. I, I, it's a huge fear for me. And it's not about being high up. It's, the, it's being enclosed. It's that claustrophobic almost thing. And it's a huge fear for me. And that's why, you know, for me, I would like to go back to Belgium. That's going to be, that's on my bucket list. I want to go, I want to go home. I'll call it home. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I'm going to do that. That's definitely in my plans. This has been great, Paula. I'm, you know, Thank to get you. to know you and to, to inspire people to, to get through things that happen in their lives that they don't count on happening is so important. It makes it different outcome for everybody to do that so how can people get a hold of you if they needed to get a hold of you um well um my email is always good it's paula at paulacarney.com i've made that very simple so i could remember it uh <laughs> okay so we're <laughs> that's a good email yeah and uh so we're put that out there i appreciate you doing this it means a lot to me that you spend the time with it thank you i want to thank also the the great people at podcastthatpop.com they make everything happen. Steve and Doug, they're incredible. Um, what they do and how they promote this and the technical help they get beforehand. Wouldn't do it without you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you like this podcast, please subscribe to it. Do the like button. Uh, all that great stuff, whatever that means, wherever you're hearing this or, or being able to have access to it. We appreciate it so much. We look forward to talking to you again really soon. Paula, thanks again for being here. It means a lot for me that you're here. See you next time, guys.